We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. God called you to walk with people. He called us to help you. Join us for a conversation at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. Each week, our goal is to replace a little bit of your overwhelm with more confidence in caring for the people you walk with. Welcome to the first episode of the Walking With Podcast and the first of a series that we're going to be doing. We know that it's important to start with the foundation of what we're about and kind of the core value of what we're doing here at Restoration Counseling and why we even call this Restory Labs. That's where all of this is living. And so if you haven't yet gone over to RestoryLabs.com, make sure you do. But what do we mean by Restory? And so that's what this first episode is going to be about is just our view of story and why that's so important in our story framework that we use here at Restoration Counseling. Next episode, we're going to be talking about why story matters to the leader. And then the third episode, we'll talk about why story is important for pastoral counseling. So Chris, why don't you take us to our story framework and describe what that even means? You bet. So story in the last several years is kind of a buzzword in the Christian world these days. And I think um, all all different people come from all different perspectives on what it is and what it means. And uh, we wanted to orient you to what it means for us. And so generally people think when, when you ask them, like, what is, tell me your story. Generally, people will respond with some kind of list of events. I went to high school here. I went to college here. I did this. We got married. We had kids. That's your story. And and on some level, it is an element of your story. But to be honest, it's really more the skeleton of the story. It's more the scaffolding that the the real story is built upon. It's all the data points that we tend to ask about and yeah, share it's all, about. It's all those little things. And, and at the end of the day, honestly, most of those data points are pretty similar from person to person, right? That there's going to be some similarity between people. And uh, you get a little bit of variation when you get into some of the things with regard to the traumas that people have walked through, the, the seasons of suffering, the challenges people have had, or and, and whether it's a trauma or it's something like a move to another state, right? There's going to be some differences that happen. But that's, that's, like I said, just the skeleton of the story. It's not really the story itself. And in uh, at Restoration Counseling and at Restory Labs, our story framework is built off of three uh, kind of main things, uh, main orientations that uh, I wanted to unpack for you here. The first is that level of events. And those are events that happen in your life. Like I said, the itinerary type of things, but they are also things like the move or the divorce or the, the challenge that you had with your child, that event uh, that occurred in your life. The second is how you felt about that event, what emotions you walked through in response to the event itself. And so people will have a variety of emotions to the same event. And that's where the divergence happens uh, a lot of times for people is that they they might walk through the same event. Even a married couple might have the same event that happened, but the emotions that they have as a response are going to be sometimes similar, but a lot of times very different. Uh, And then the third level after the events and the emotions 
is that we come to a place of having interpretations. And what I mean by that is that the event happens, the emotions happen as a result of the event, and then I come to some conclusion, some belief structure, some interpretation about myself, about God, about others, about relationships, uh, as a result of that series of events uh, and those emotions that I had. Real simple example that I use often is that, you know, for a child especially, they we don't have, when we're kiddos, we don't have the sense of, like, I, awareness of the world and, and understanding, and we don't come to great conclusions. Uh, one of my favorite authors, he actually says, children are great observers, but terrible interpreters. We don't interpret well when we're kids. So the example is, you know, there's a, a knock in the night, some kind of noise in the night, and the child's in bed, and the child, that that's the event, is the noise in the night. The child's emotional response could be anything from curiosity to fear. Right. And so the, the child, let's say the child's afraid. They hear something in the night. They're afraid. They have an emotion about it. But their interpretation is going to be based on their experiences up until that point, gathering whatever information and data that they can and come to some kind of conclusion in that moment. And the conclusion that the child might have uh, is that there's a monster under the bed. There's a burglar in the closet. Right. There's something going on and it takes someone else to help that child come to an actual true interpretation. But um, the child themselves won't be able to come to that. What happens to us in our stories is that when we walk through those events, emotions, and interpretations and don't have someone join us or help us process through the, the conclusions that we come to, that becomes our, our shape, that becomes our kind of lifelong interpretation, our belief structure that we then live out of for much of the rest of our lives until we have someone walk with us to help restory that interpretation, to help us come to a true and right conclusion about that. One example for me is that in fourth grade, um, I uh, put my report card, my straight A report card, on the counter in the kitchen. It was one of those counters that has the island, and I put it in the kitchen, and people were around, and I was so proud of my straight A report card, and I put it on the counter there, and it sat there for three days. It sat there for three days without anyone making any kind of acknowledgement of it, asking a question about it, and at, uh, on the third day, I think it kind of got swept up with a newspaper and thrown away, and no one ever said anything about that. So there's an event that happened in my life as a fourth grader uh, that you know is is sad and and all that for me as a fourth grader. My emotions at that time were confusion. Uh, my emotions were sadness. My emotions were anger. I, I responded to that event, and when I came to uh, the point of that third day, my interpretations were: I don't matter. Nobody here notices me. Uh, I, I am only here in order to support the greater family that when I do something great, no one's going to notice. Those are the interpretations that I came to as a fourth grader. Now, are those correct? Are those right? Probably not. But no one was there for me as a fourth grader to come alongside of me and, and walk with me through a reinterpretation process as a fourth grader. Now, as an adult, as I've done some of my own work and, and began to to look at these things several years ago, I came to understand that who I was as an adult was as a result of who I became as a child. And so when we think about story the and, and how important story is, it's not just where I went to high school and what uh, where I moved and, and all those. It's not just how I felt about those things, but it's more important my story are the bulk of my interpretations that drive my life. 
So I, I love that example because it's so relatable. I mean, we all can probably conjure up sure. something at that level that's not super traumatic, but that was impactful. Tell us how something like that and then the, the interpretation you made and lived out of, how and when does that then resurrect itself as an adult? When would that pop out and you would see it and begin to wonder what that what is that about? And go back and kind of look more deeply at that story. Usually I would say that it is where the reaction that a person has does not necessarily meet the offense that happened. If the reaction is greater than the actual offense, something else is going on in the story, right? And so if it's, uh, if it's let's just take my fourth grade story there, for example, that if at any point I begin to feel disregarded or unseen or unvaluable or, you know, in a, in a relationship or in a situation, I will have a greater reaction because that interpretation is already in place. I will react to that in, in a sense like, well, see, this is just the story happening all over again. People don't like me. People don't value me. Uh, right. And so um, my reaction will be far greater to that offense where somebody may just have made a side comment or forgot to do something or whatever. But I will take it far deeper than they ever intended it to be. Mm-hmm. Talk about why. Um, that is so important and a part of us and becomes enmeshed and infused, you know, with our, with our being, our soul. And is that even like, is that something that God cares about? And what about forgiving and forgetting and disciple, you know, sanctification? We, we grow Mm -hmm. up and we grow out of a lot of that kind of stuff. Should that, should that matter? And in terms of a theological perspective, what do we do with story? Talk about that. Well, you just asked a lot of questions there. I know. So I do l- that. You do that. So let me try to um, back it up a little bit. So first of all, what ends up happening is that those shaping stories mold our brains. They literally shape how we learn how to relate to the world. Okay. So those interpretations get hardwired into our our brains and our psyches that they and then they usually go underground to where we're we're relating to the world as if those interpretations are true, but we don't even know what, that we're doing that. Okay. Those and so are the neural pathways. The neural pathways. And we just form, keep going right? on those same pathways and we're not even aware. And we're not even aware, right? And uh, the 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 challenge is that kids are most formative in the or we, we as humans are most formative when we're kids. And so those interpretations that we come to as children are far more hardwired than the ones that we come to as adults. So even if I can know that I am valued as an adult, it's not going to help me know that I am valued in that child part of me, right? It's not going to overwrite that hardwiring. I'm going to have to do some some work around that with some actual new relationships, with uh, talking with people and Uh, praying through things and spending time kind of meditating and really all of that work, uh, if you will, the sanctification work is a rewiring process that happens to our brains about my interpretation. Um, So of course God cares about that. He cares deeply about that. I mean, he is a God of truth and he wants us to know the truth, not only about him, but also about us. And so he's constantly inviting us into relationship with him that will rewire on some level the um, 
the uh, neuropathways that I have. But at the same time, uh, he invites us into relationships with other people to do that as well. He mm-hmm. works through people. Mm-hmm. And that's where in marriage and, uh, and in friendships and in, even in parent-child relationships, rewiring is possible. But one of the most important places that it's possible is in a different relationship with someone who steps in and starts to walk with someone uh, who's actually there on behalf of, hey, this is an interpretation in your life that's not necessarily true. I want to come alongside of you and not just convince you that it's not true. I want to show you that it's not true. Hmm. Uh, and that, I think, is a big uh, a big difference in, in approach in how we walk with people. Sure. And we'll get into that when we talk about how you do story as a leader and as a pastoral counselor. Right, right. Um, is story biblical? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Story is all over the Bible. And just think about how Jesus himself uh, told stories and used stories in order to drive different interpretations. He invited people through his gentleness and his tenderness with people to bring people to some really hard truths. And he did so through story. And then on top of that, the entire scripture is the story of God. And the, 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 that's the meta-narrative and the sub-story of, of scripture is the journey of humans mm. and the relationship between the two. So story is absolutely important. And I think when we shift into, uh, into a more healthy space with our stories, we're actually coming to the place where we are leaving behind the things of childhood and we're moving into the thinking and the ways of adulthood. Right. And the the um, restoration and renovations of our minds that Paul talks about like that's uh, in, in my mind, deeply biblical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what do you think about? I mean, if we are studying the life of Paul and Timothy and uh, Phoebe in, in scripture to mm-hmm. learn and to grow and that's sacred. And so their life is sacred. Yeah. Can we also say that looking at our own story as created in the image of God is also sacred? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when we think about the image of God, which you just said, right, God tells us in Genesis that he has imaged himself into the world through humans. And so every human who exists bears the image of God. And as a result of bearing the image of God is already sacred. There is something holy about us. And we can talk about our our sacred story. We can talk about our bodies being the sacred temple of the Holy Spirit. There is something sacred about us. And so as we do the work of understanding our stories and walking with other people in theirs, it is holy ground. Mm -hmm. It is deeply holy ground. And and we need to honor it with that kind of... uh, uh, respect that we would if we were to walk into a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about restoring, we're talking about looking at our story, not the data points, not the, you know, the timeline of our mm-hmm. lives and just the events. We're looking at our story through God's eyes and we are discovering new truth. We are restoring ourselves. And sometimes we are discovering new truth, absolutely, but sometimes we have to name the darkness first. Mm. Far too often people have dark points in their stories that they have not yet named, and we can't begin to do any kind of restoring of it unless we know what we're trying to restory. So the invitation sometimes is not just to understand what the truth of God is, but to understand uh, and name the depth of harm that has happened in the story. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
So when we talk about the just the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is our out of the gate episode because right. it's so important to us to talk about the foundation of story. How would you capture that for our listeners in a nutshell? Well, in a nutshell, your story is how God is telling the world about himself. And if God is trying to speak, we should listen. We should really listen. We should listen to how he wants to be known in the world through his image bearers. We should listen to how he wants to redeem the world through the redemption of our own stories. We should listen to the importance of uh, how evil has been uh, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy us and how God in his salvation and in his rescue of us is vanquishing evil all the ways into the depths of our stories, not just some kind of transactional, relational kind of thing. It's into the depths of he wants to redeem every part of our story. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so next week we will get more into why this is important as a ministry leader who is yeah. walking with other people. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Absolutely. And we want to point everybody again to RestoryLabs.com. We have some great free downloads for you there, and that is where some other webinars and articles live. Um, that's where you can access the community, uh, the free Facebook group community there as well. And we want to offer you a free just one sheet PDF that kind of shows this framework in a visual, easy to reference kind of a way. And so go to restorylabs.com forward slash episode one to download that PDF. And we will see you here, same time, same place next week on the Walking With podcast. Mm